Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. This is RTE Radio 1 and tonight Drama on One continues a short season celebrating the centenary of Ulysses. Bosco Hogan stars in this dramatised account of the relationship between James Joyce and his brother Stanislas and the time they spent together living in Trieste. This is Bloomsday by Nick Midgley. to shout. I'm here. What is it? I've been dreaming again. Nothing we can do about that, I'm afraid. Well, there damned well should be. I thought medicine was there to put people out of their miseries, not prolong them. And stopping us dreaming would be a good start. Now then, no need to be grumpy. God knows I've reason enough not that you'd understand, being a young girl. Senior matron, Mr Joyce. <laughs> so much the worse. A woman can understand even less than a girl. Now, now. If you don't behave, we might just ignore you completely. And then what would you do? I just want some paper. It's not pleasure that makes me do this. It's... Yes. Have you not got any paper? Yes, Mr Joyce. I'll fetch some for you straight away. I must write down that damn dream, I suppose. Such dreams at my age. Ridiculous. Still thinking about that house. Which which one was it? Oh, there were so many. Not even my dreams can tell one from another. Now, it, it must have been early on. The furniture was still decent. Mammy. Mammy looked almost happy. When the lights are low And the flickering shadows Softly come and go I was standing outside the window In the cold On tiptoe And there he was Standing by the gramophone Mumming to the words Mummy and Pappy laughing and clapping. Mr. Joyce, your paper. Is that everything for now? Uh, yes. Uh, that's everything. Remember, you're supposed to be resting. That was quite a scare you gave everyone. Uh, uh, Norse, what's today's date? Thursday, June 16th. June 16th. That date. They'll be celebrating in Dublin. I suppose I must continue. Almost at an end. The long-awaited work by me, Joyce. Stanislaus Joyce, brother of. I'll call the book My Brother's Keeper. What do you think, Jim? Huh? The critics will adore it. 
I can see them now, scouring my book for little biographical details to bolster their interpretations of the great work. Not that I blame them. No, I'm only interesting for what I can tell them about you. Where was I? Where was I? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's right. 1905. On my way to Trieste. You were expecting me. What time is it, Nora? Not just six o'clock. Don't be so impatient. But he should have been here three hours ago. Do you think something has happened? Would you go away out of that? He can hardly plot a journey from Dublin to Trieste to the hour. We arrived three days late ourselves. Yes, yes, you're, you're right. I'm just excited. Do you think he'll be here soon? Jim, sit down. He's coming. Yes. But what if there was an accident? Maybe... Was that the door, Nora? Jim, calm yourself. C'è qualcuno alla porta per lei, signore. Dice di essere suo fratello. Fratello entrare, Flavia. Si, signore. Do I look all right, Nora? I want to look good for the lad. Jim, you look just dandy. Signore Joyce, signore Stinas... Stanas... Stanislas. Stanny, you've arrived! How bloody delightful to see you. Hello, Jim. Hello, Nora. My God, he's grown. Didn't I tell you, six months would make him into a man, Nora? Oh, and a moustache! Grazie, Flavia. Oh, I've had it for some months now. My little brother. Not so little now, eh, Nora? Hello, Stanislaus. Welcome to Trieste. Please, uh, call me Stanny. Everyone does. Stanny. Stanislaus. What do I care what you call him, as long as you're here? It's good to see you. Stanny, we're going to cook you a meal to remember. Have you got any money? Uh, A little, uh, just from... We're short at the moment, just a little bit, just to buy food until I've been paid. Have you a thousand lira? No, uh, not with me. Uh, About 700, I, I think. Will that do, Nora? It will have to. Mm. Buy some asparagus and wine and chocolate too. We're going to celebrate. We could have chocolate cake. Yes, chocolate cake. The one we saw in the window at the patisserie. Tonight, price is no obstacle. Jim, show Stanislaus his room, why don't you? I'll only be a minute. Yes, yes. Sit down, Stanny, sit down. Little Giorgio's asleep so we can talk. Tell me everything. How was the journey? Rough. I've not been off that train for two days. And the family? Susie, Mary? All well, of a sort. We had to move again this last month, after Pappy called the landlord a bloody double-dyed ruffian. (laughs) Have you written it all down? Of course. Don't I always? And have you got it with you? Where are the notebooks? Here. Let me see. I don't know how you've managed since I left. The only interesting thing in your diary were the bits about me. Too sentimental, Stanley. Always too sentimental. If you don't like the way I write my diary, I don't know why you insist on reading it. Now, here's a good phrase. An ugly, misshapen Jesus... I could use that. Steal it, you mean? Inspired cribbing my cold crocodilian. Have you never noticed when you have an idea how much I can make of it? Oh, Jim, you haven't changed. I've missed you. It gets awful lonely at times in Dublin. Stanny, it's glorious to have you here. In Trieste, I've been starved of anybody who I can talk to about my writing. And who can tell me about back home? I need to know everything that has happened since I left. Every detail. I'm working on a story.
Jim, I'm back. I've got everything and I bought three profiteroles too. Oh, I could live in that patisserie. And Jim, guess what? They're showing a moving picture at the town hall tonight. So we go. I've been longing to see it. Yes, let's. Stanny, what do you say? Shall we go? Uh, what about the little one? Giorgio? <laughs> well, he'll not wake up now. Sure, we could take him along. Nora's been begging me to take her out for weeks now. Uh, no, no, you'll have to go on without me. I must get some rest, take a nice cold bath and clean myself up. I can mind the little one if he wakes. Could you? Nora, what time does it start? In 15 minutes. They were queuing up already. Well, then let's go. Uh, Stanny, will you help yourself to some food? There's bread and cheese or whatever Nora's bought. We'll eat later. You'll find your way around, won't you? Yes, yes. Uh, don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Jim, let's go. The picture will be starting. Well, good night, Stanny. Sleep well. I won't wake you in the morning. But little Giorgio's crying probably will. Good night. Good night, Nora. Good night, Jim. Enjoy the picture. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yes. You certainly enjoyed yourselves. The house was a mess. Bills to be paid. You didn't even have a crib for Giorgio. It was like you were... You were both just waiting for me to sweep in and sort it all out. <laughs> but it wasn't just the practical things, was it? Now, I'm telling this story, Jim, and I want them to understand you needed me. Do you remember those early morning walks we used to take? to the Berlitz school. All the things we spoke about. It, it was like the old days in Dublin again, when it was just the two of us. The two of us against the world. Hurry up, Jim. We'll be late for work. Will you keep your tanker of a mouth quiet? You can't hurry a man when his intestines are involved against the Lord's command. Well then? Have you got everything? As much as I'll ever need. Then let's be off. Goodbye, Nora. Have a good day. And don't go flirting with that delivery boy again. Or if you do, make sure you tell me about it later. Oh, it's a truly beautiful day. Yes. It makes me glad to be alive on days like this. Just look at this city. It is everything you need for a good life. Nora doesn't seem so happy here. She hardly goes out of the house without you. What with the babby? She said the women in the street laugh at the way she dresses. Mm. She'll settle down. Once she's learned some Italian. She doesn't seem very happy to have me here either. Nonsense. Who'd not want your fair puss around all day? I can see that you're not getting on, Jim. You're always snapping at each other. And she doesn't even care about your writing. But she understands me. Deeply. You always said that I was the only one who understood you. That's different. I meant my writing. Talking of which, did you read those stories I gave you? Yes, of course. I stayed up half the night reading them. And? I think they're the best thing you've written. They're power, like Turgenev or Dostoevsky. Is that meant to be praise? These are no stories about murderous epileptics. Dublin paralytics, maybe? <laughs> That's good, Stanny. <laughs> we can use it. It's good to have you here, little brother. You've brought the stink of Dublin with you, and it fills my nostrils. Yes. Well, we're here. On time. Of course, we're on bloody time. With you around, who could ever have the pleasure of being late? See you after class. Into the Valley of Death. 
Good morning, class. Good morning, class. If you can turn to page 12 of your textbooks. Today we will learn how to read the time. This is a clock. What is the difference between a clock and a pocket watch? A pocket watch is worn on a chain and a clock is placed on a table or a wall. So this is a, yes, a clock. Have you written that down? All right. Today's topic is time. So this is Father Time. Let's give him a beard. Now, in England, Father Time is always early, but in Ireland, he's often on the whiskey, so he has a tendency to get legless. Or handless, I suppose. What's legless? Well, let me tell you about a fellow I knew back... The British clock is a 12-hour clock. It has two hands. These are called hands. Like these. Hands. Used for pointing. Two o'clock. Four o'clock. Here's a difficult one. Do you know what time That reminds me of a limerick we used to tell in Dublin. Shall I give it a one through for you? There was an old man in a clock who'd been there 12 years and was stuck. He cried, oh please let me out or I'll scream and I'll shout. For 12 years I ain't had a fox and a diddle-dee-doo. What does it mean? The clock is round, but the hands are straight. These are the numbers... One, one, two, two, three, four. I ain't had a fox and a diddle-dee-doo. Well, I think that's all you need to know about time. Is everything clear? Any questions? Sod question time. Anyone know a good song? Good. No? Oh, well. I I think think we've we've done done very well today. today. Well, how was your class? What? Oh, fine. I think that boy Paolo is having some difficulties. Listen, Stanny, have you been paid yet? Yes, this morning. I wouldn't ask, only we're behind on the rent again. I thought you paid it last week. We were going to, but he wasn't there when I popped round. So? Well, Nora saw a beautiful dress. Jim, we can't afford new clothes. It's only money. If you don't want to help, I'm sure Nora can go out in the old dress, even if she gets laughed at. No, no, I don't want that. I want her to look nice, to be happy. Here you are. How much will it be? How much have you got there? That should be enough. Well, i better be off. Tara, Stanny. See if you can pay him half. We need to buy food and get coal. Dara! And there's the hole in my shoe. The hole in my shoe. I don't think I ever got that mended. Oh. Oh, God, we were so young. I, Stanislaus Joyce, aged 21, coming on 40... Listening to the two of you at it every night while I sat in bed and sweated with the mosquitoes for company. <laughs> at 21, most people would just be discovering life. Instead, I was, I was assiduously writing it all down. You never kept a diary, did you, Jim? Oh, no, you left that dreary habit to me. And I've kept to it till this day, simply because... Well, simply because I began it. I have it all written down. 
Conversations. Expenses. Yeah. Everything. Stanislaus, have you collected your wages this week? Uh, yes, uh, this morning. Then there'll be enough for the food tonight. Where is it? In my jacket pocket. Right you are. Wait, I'll get it for you. I'll fetch it myself. Unless you don't trust me. Nora, of course I do. I thought I'd save you the trouble. I'm sorry. Here you are. Thank you. Nora, can we... I'm off out. Go talk to that brother of yours. He's acting mighty strange. Got some letter this morning. Sort him out, won't you, Stanislas? Nora... Back in a tick. I'll buy us something special. Jim? Are you in there? Can I come in? Nora says you got a letter this morning. Is it bad news? Is Pappy again? No, not Pappy. What is it then? It's Richards. Have they turned down Dubliners again? Don't worry, Jim. There are other publishers. It's not that. What then? They want to make changes. What kind? They say I can't call Victoria King Edward's bloody old mother. Apparently it might be libelous. What are they wanting? That I should cut bloody. Well, that's possible, isn't it? Just think of the money we could get. Jim, you'd be a paid writer. A real professional writer at last. Isn't that what you want? I've turned them down. What? Have you got gloves for ears? You heard. Why? They wanted to make changes. I refused. You could at least have tried to negotiate. For Christ's sake, Jim. Everyone else here has had to compromise. Look at me. Do you think I want to be teaching 11 hours a day at that language school? I'm doing it to finance your writing, Jim. It was your choice. Yes, but I did it for you. Now you can't do the same for me. Not even the same, just a little thing. For us, for Nora and little Georgie. No, I can't. Like, don't you see, Stanny, if I change even one word, I might as well have never written the damn thing. You're a bloody selfish pig then, and I... Jim, I'm home. I've got a treat. Well, if your mother could see the faces on the pair of you, what's all this about then? I see, like that then. Well, you're not going to spoil my evening, thank you. Look what I've got us as a treat for afters. A strudel. Would you like some now, boys? I get the plates. We'll have to eat it cold. The gas is off again. Shall I play, Mother? Well, isn't this just grand? Jim, Stanislaus, cheers. Sweet. Jesus. What's this filled with? It tastes like cabbage. The man called it a kraut strudel, whatever that is when it's at home. How can you call this a strudel? Strudels are made from apples. More, anyone? It's not a strudel. It's a pastry. It's a strudel. Nora said so. It's not even sweet. It's cabbage, for Christ's sake. Strudel doesn't have to be sweet. Of course it does. Otherwise, it's not a strudel. It's just a pastry. Mmm, this is delicious. It's not a pastry. And you can't have a savoury as an afters. An afters has to be sweet. Mmm, cheese isn't sweet. Well, it can't be savoury. If it comes after the main course, then it's an afters. It's just a second course. Well, isn't this a treat? It's like a sausage roll. It's a vegetable strudel. It's not a strudel. Damn it! I will not be dictated to in my own house. 
I'm going to find some more sympathetic people to spend my evening with. Drinkers, you mean? You might as well say it. What if they are drinkers? At least they would understand that an artist can't prostitute himself for the sake of money. And what about us? What about Nora? Stanislaus, sit down. Jim, if you're off out, get yourself going before you wake the baby. For myself, I'm off to bed. And good riddance to the pair of you. Damn you, Stanny. Ah, Jim. It was your drinking I hated the most. If Pappy couldn't handle it, what chance that you could? Not that I had any illusions that I could influence you. All those nights when I had to seek you out in the bars around the dock area. Do you remember how I'd drag you home, even carry you when it was needed. It was my... It it, it was my devotion which saved you, Jim. But what did that leave for my own life? Did... Did you ever even wonder what I might have needed? Hmm? Good evening, Nora. Is Jim home yet? No, not yet. He's probably been delayed at work. Drinking, you mean? You don't have to protect him. I know where Jim spends my money. It's not your money, Stanislaus. It's his, and he's free to spend it as he likes. I gave it to him, I grant you. But it was I who earned it so that Jim could stay home and write, not go out drinking. Sure, but I didn't realise that your support for us was conditional. I'm not saying that. Of course it's unconditional. I give it to you freely, to both of you. Then I will thank you to not tell us how we should or shouldn't spend our money. Of course, if you want us to pay it back, I suppose I could go out and work. I could find some cleaning work or perhaps... No, no, of course not. I wouldn't want you to have to work. You've got enough on your plate already. And besides, it's one of the few pleasures of my day to come home and see you. In the middle of all this, bloody Trieste and the school and finding new ways to dodge the debt collectors. Well, then, if you'll excuse me. No, don't go yet. Stay a while. I want to talk to you. I'm very busy, Stanislaus. God damn it! I pay enough at least to be given a little conversation. I'm sorry, Nora. That was uncalled for. I get very lonely here in Trieste. I know very few people. Talk to me, please. Well, Stanislaus, what do you want to talk about? Please, Stanny. There's no need to be formal about it. I just want us to talk sometimes. We should have a lot to talk about. Like? Like, well, uh, Jim, how are things between you? As grand as they can be in a backwater like Trieste, with not enough to live on. But you wouldn't change it? Well, yeah. Jim says we'll be moving to Paris as soon as he gets enough money. Did he? I thought he wanted to stay here forever. It's odd. Jim always used to tell me everything. But now, with you, he says things to you that he won't say to me. And sure, why wouldn't he? I'm his wife. Yes, uh, of course. But I'm his brother. He always told me everything. There's a thing or two I could tell you. Some of the things he asks me to do in bed. Nora. Well, can't be that much of a secret. Not with the walls in this place. Well, yes, I've heard. Nora, can I ask you something... something personal? 
What? Well, why? Why what? What is it about him that makes you love him? I mean, rather than someone else, rather than someone like me, for instance. Oh, dear Lord. Did Jim put you up to this? Another of his games. No, no, it's just... Stop. No, it's enough. You're Jim's brother and he cares about you very much. (laughs) Cares about my money, you mean? Oh, Nora, there's something I've been wanting to say to you ever since I arrived. Don't. I, I must, Nora, I must. I know it is foolish of me. Not a word more. Nora, please, you must... Stanislaus, stop it. Please. I heard the door. Nora. Oh. Please, don't. La ci darem la mano, la mi dirai di si. Nora, I want you to dance with me. <laughs> it makes me sick just to look at you, Jim. Try bile beans. I'm sure they'd be the perfect diet for you. Look at yourself. You can barely stand on your own two feet. And you're a tiresome Puritan. I pity the poor woman who will wake up to find your puss on the pillow beside her. At least I'm being responsible. Someone has to be in this household. The problem with you is that you're afraid to live. You and people like you. The whole city is suffering from hemiplegia of the will. Do you call this kind of thing living? Yes, I do. What's your favourite definition? You thought differently when you were in Dublin. So what should I do? Hmm? Put on a nice clean shirt like a second division clerk and take the nine o'clock train to the office every day and then come home and be a poet and write pretty poems? No, but I thought you wanted to write. I don't care if I never write another line in my life. I want to live. Come on, Jim. Let's go to bed. That's all nonsense, Jim. This kind of life will lead you nowhere. The road of excess leads to the Palace of Wisdom. Come on, Jim. Yes, and I know the name of that palace. It's called Bedlam. Do you want to end up a pathetic old man like Pappy? Don't insult my Pappy. Don't you ever insult my Pappy. I'm trying to help you, Jim. No one else here seems to see what you're doing to yourself. Seeing that you're so full of wise advice, why don't you write yourself now that I've gone to the beer? I have no talent. You've told me that often enough. But why waste your life with those drunken louts? They're below you. At least they don't bore me. Jim, I'm not going to carry on subsidising your extravagant lifestyle if you just waste it on drink. Such a rotten grammar and syntax cash. We can do without it. Nora, are you going to try and make him see sense? If so, I'd be prepared to continue my financial contributions. Ah, just go and be done. We'll be having the money from those reviews within the week. We won't be needing charity. Jim? Very well, then. I'll leave. If you'll excuse me, I'll pack up my bags right away. Very well, then. Goodbye. (gasps) Mr. Joyce, Mr. Joyce, is everything all right? (gasps) I'm fine, I'm fine. It's just palpitations. Let's check your blood pressure. What a man in your condition was doing travelling second class on the night boat to London, I've no idea. What's this you've been writing? A letter? No, I'm... I'm trying to tell a story. Well, my story. My obituary, perhaps. If you'll just get some rest... We won't have need for obituaries just yet. 
150 over 80. Oh. That's not what we want to be seeing. You need to give the writing a rest. It's upsetting you. Yeah, I, I, I will, Norse. I, I just need to get this bit done. I'll be keeping an eye on you. <laughs> and me on you. <laughs> Until you come back. Stanny, I've been looking all over for you. We've made a mistake. We want you to eat with us, like in the past. Will you come back? I'm sorry. Jim, sit here with me, won't you? We need to talk. Stanny, I've apologised. If that's not... Not recriminations... Just to talk, like we used to do. Remember, when I used to be your most eager disciple? My whetstone. Tucked in the one bed. And bit by the same flea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Stanny, it's not been the same without you. And the bills, they need paying, I suppose. Jim... Yes? Do you remember that time when you found me in the kitchen? After Pappy had come home drunk. You were sitting on the sideboard with a knife at your wrist. You saved my life that day. Me? How? I've always remembered what you said to me. You said that if I killed myself... You'd lose the only person in the family who understood you. That you needed me to endure, to be there by your side. That day, you gave me a reason to go on living. Did I? I never would have survived our childhood without you. You were my hope when all around was filth and humiliation. Stunning. I'm so sorry to tell you, but that's not how it happened. How do you mean? I can still picture you sitting on that sideboard with a marvellous ray of sunlight falling across your face. I'd never seen an open vein before. I didn't tell you to stop. In fact, I remember egging you on. Go on, Stanny, do it. I was curious to know how it would look. Sunlight and blood. You're joking, aren't you? I felt a little guilty about it at the time. I think I even turned it into one of my little epiphanies. You've probably got it somewhere, in that pile of my papers you keep in the cupboard. Oh, Jim! Listen, Stanny. You are a good man. Is that meant to be a compliment? Yes, Stanny. Truly. There's a certain... What's the word? Decency about you. Something I could never be, with all my thoughtless ingratitude. You're a decent man, and I'm proud to be your brother. Listen to me. If Dubliners ever finds a publisher brave enough to publish it, I'm going to dedicate it to you. I promise. Come on, Stanny, let's go. We'll stop at the store on the way back. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You always managed to persuade me to go back, didn't you? And we all got on for a while, too. Nora was expecting again. (laughs) Little Lucia. You were even writing... I remember I remember when you first showed me that story of yours The Dead Nothing in Irish literature has surpassed it Before or since But living together in that apartment More and more you would ignore me You and Nora both It was as if 
I was the enemy. And you were in league together. <laughs> oh, matron's right. I should rest. But I want them to know how it ended, Jim. They need to know that part. The summer of 1914. The world going mad around us. Trieste turning calmly against us like a spider on a trapped fly. Oh, Jim, I, I have to... I have to go on. Have you told him yet? No. Well, when will you? We're going to have to leave tonight. I thought there might be a chance for one more visa. And put us all in jeopardy. Jim, you've done all you can for him. He is my brother. And we're your wife and children. Listen, he'll have the house here, the protection of the school. Maybe nothing will happen to him. Do you not care for Stanny, then? To be sure I do. As your brother. But I don't like the way he looks at me. Ah. Stanny has always fancied himself as having similar taste to me. Take it as a compliment. With a puss like his? <laughs> oh, perhaps not. Have you seen today's papers? They say that the Germans are mobilising on both fronts. Danny, sit down. Damn their diplomacy. They aren't even giving it a chance. As soon as their war machine starts rolling, they can't turn back again, Stanny. It would be sheer madness to go to war over some trivial little incident in the Balkans. They should have been left to sort it out themselves. But instead, we do have to keep meddling in other people's affairs. Stanny! Well, Jim, aren't you concerned by what's going on? We have to do something. Politics bores me. How can you say that, Jim? We're talking about a European war here. Everyone will be affected. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. It bores you? Are you mad? Or just plain irresponsible? Nora, what's he saying? Stanny, sit down. I want to tell you something. Well, I'm waiting. We've been thinking. Trieste is getting dangerous. It might not be safe here for very long. Being Irish. Well, at least you're speaking some sense. We should leave. We must leave Trieste. Straight away. This evening. There's a boat. I have some contacts. We can get away. Jim, why didn't you tell me about this before? I wouldn't have argued. You're absolutely right. We must get away. To Paris or London. There would be other people who think like us. Stanny. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure I could find enough teaching work in London to support us. At least until you started getting some stories published. We could get a small apartment, make contacts, begin to do something. You're right. This place is dangerous and stifling. We could start again, a whole new life, all together. Stanny, we're not all going. Why not? Oh, Nora. Surely you don't want to stay here, do you? Think of the children. Why do you have to be so damned obstinate? Stanny, we couldn't get you a visa. I tried. I promise you, but there was nothing I could do. Is that it? Is it final? I tried everything. And when do you leave? The ball goes this evening. We have to take as little as possible to avoid suspicion. Of course, everything we leave, it's yours. But... Uh, where? Switzerland first, then... Who knows? Maybe Paris. Ezra Pound has promised to help us. I can still send you half of my wage. As soon as you have an address, I'll send it on. We'll have enough. You'll need the money here in Trieste. Perhaps I'll be able to follow you. Yes, yes, I hope so. We both hope so, don't we, Nora? Ah, sure, look at Well, we must leave. Straight away? Yes. The visas are ready for us at the American Consul. 
we have to collect the children first. They're waiting for us. You won't have some tea first? Uh, no, we mustn't. We'll have tea all together. In Paris or Zurich soon. Yes, uh, in Paris. Well, uh, goodbye, Stanny. We'll miss you. I'll miss you too. But I'll I'll catch up in Paris soon. Yes. Goodbye, Stanny. Look after yourself. Ah, <laughs> oh, look after myself. I spent four years in that internment camp. Four years of hunger and squalor. And once the war was over, well, you were settled nicely in Zurich with that cast of sycophants ready to pander to all your whims. So I stayed in Trieste, worked, taught, built a life here without you. I never returned to Ireland, not once. I still miss the sounds of the foghorn in Dublin Bay. I followed your work, of course, from a distance. When Dubliners was finally published, I could see it made good use of everything I'd given you. But the dedication you'd promised me, well, it wasn't there. I suppose you'd moved on by then. How did you put it in, Ulysses? A brother is as easily forgotten as an umbrella. We didn't speak much after that. Years later, you sent me a copy of that ridiculous book of yours, Finnegan's Wake. I sent it back. Well, why wouldn't I? You'd squandered your genius. I was told by some critic that you'd made me a character in it. Sean the plodding pedestrian postman. Sean the yawn. What kind of recognition is that? After, after everything I'd done for you. It was Nora who called me to say you died. 1941. I did want to be there, Jim, to say my goodbyes. But what with the war restrictions, well... The day after the phone call, that postcard you sent me arrived. They told me later it was the last thing you ever wrote. So, you were thinking of me at the end. I shouldn't have rejected that gift. Your book. I'm sorry. But you wrote me out of the story, Jim. It was like... It was like I had never existed. Oh, I feel... So tired, heavy, feel it getting dark around me. Is it my time? If you do exist, God, then at least let me finish this one story. Just one more day. What did that nurse say? June 16th? Bloomsday. <laughs> I don't want to die on your day, Jim. Can't you even let me have my own death? Of course you, Jim. Damn your blasted books. But... We were beautiful as well, weren't we? Oh, Jim, 
I loved you. Yes, I did. Yes. Oh, Jim. Yes. Mr. Joyce, time for your lunch. Mr. Joyce. Mr. Joyce. Nurse. Call the doctor. Is he dead, ma'am? Yes. He is. Go fetch the doctor on duty. Excuse me, ma'am, but is it true that he was... Yes. He was. James Joyce's brother. Just wait till I tell people that I've met James Joyce's brother. They'll be in... Yes, nurse. Yes. Now, go fetch the doctor. And I suppose that we'd better contact the newspaper too. Tell them. Well, tell them that James Joyce's brother is dead. We've been listening to Bloomsday by Nick Midgley. Bosco Hogan played Old Stanny and Colin Campbell was Young Stanislaus. James Joyce was Aina Grogan and Kate Gilmore played Nora. Genevieve Hume Beeman was the matron and Ashley Durrell played the maid. Sound supervision was by Mark Dwyer. Bloomsday by Nick Midgley was directed by Daniel Reardon.